on the weekend. It's the Magnet Talks podcast we do with the whole crew. I'm here joined with BJ. BJ, how are you? Good. How are you? I am lovely. Levi, how are you doing? Fantastic. Spencer, do we have you? Present and accounted for. Spencer, what day of the week is it? Uh, what day are we going with again? Yep, yep. Yep, another another example of good radio. Okay, let's jump into it. Uh, we <laughs> are doing Whiskey on the Weekends midweek. This is uh, behind the curtain here, a little break of the fourth ball. We're doing it on a Wednesday because uh, we just couldn't coordinate schedules for the weekend. Uh, we were going to pretend like it was the weekend until I asked Spencer that question. Predictably, I knew he would answer it that way. This is really great for me. Um, <laughs> one thing I think we should do, guys, I think we should go ahead and get the, uh, get the plugs for the other podcast out of the way up front. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go here. Uh, we have multiple other podcasts. I'm really excited about the newest one. It launched today, BJ. Finally, Mangum laughs. Me and BJ doing a podcast together. That's right, Spencer. You're not involved in this one. You're not invited to the party. We are reviewing stand-up What's comedy specials. Uh, we released two episodes on the release day today, so you can get that on iTunes, Stitcher, or www.mangumtalks.com. BJ, what do you want to say about that podcast? Uh, it's a lot of fun. We do some quick reviews about some stand-up, and uh, someday we'll find some that we like. Yeah, we're struggling with that. I think the special we picked, we picked Netflix Comedians of the World special. I'm starting to think that was a little bit of the C-team. Yeah, I, I, I definitely <laughs> joked uh, our first episode that, you know, this is the first uh, pod where we uh, haven't reviewed our content beforehand and we regret it. Um, so, so now we have a couple of episodes, uh, one of Mangum Reads, actually, where we, we had the same thing, where uh, none of us vetted the content before we started in, and uh, we had a little regret there. But it was a fun mm-hmm. episode anyway. Uh, speaking of Mangum Reads, that's a podcast BJ, you do with Spencer and my wife. What's the newest episode uh, we have to look forward to with that? Uh, the newest episode that will be coming out shortly is a fairly quick short story by Spider Robinson called Melancholy Elephants, where we make Spencer talk about copyright law and laugh at him. <laughs> I had quite a bit of fun. And you guys are going to do at some point Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah, that's probably coming up uh, next week, if not uh, the week after. So, yeah, uh, we're going to yeah. do an in-depth dive into uh, the people of Savannah. I'm hyped for that. I watched the movie. Um, moving on to the GT Got Questions podcast, me and Spencer working our way through the season one coverage. We got season one, episode six, titled The Golden Crown, coming up soon. We're going to record season seven, season one, episode seven. When, Spencer? Sometime this week when you're free. Nice. Okay. And then we have Mangum Talks Hoops, which we do uh, whenever me and Lee feel like we need to talk about uh, basketball. It's a lot of fun. We talk the NBA. We talk, I talk college basketball. He listens. Uh, and I think next time we do that, Baxter, um, we're going to have a special guest star. It's going to be fun. That's confirmed? Fantastic. That's confirmed. And, and as I want to do, I feel like I, I, I enjoy tossing in a little basketball thing that I pick up. So this morning, okay. I saw a little bit of ESPN, and they were saying that Boston's a better team without Kyrie Irving. Oh, look at that. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. Levi, do you want to do two <laughs> minutes on Boston with me? Let's do it, sir. Okay, first off, yeah, first off, they are definitely a better team without Kyrie, not because Kyrie's not great. I mean, Kyrie's a top 15 player in the league, but those young guys don't like him and don't trust him. And I don't blame Kyrie for this, Levi, because he went to the LeBron James School of Leadership, uh, which is basically where if you start losing, you blame everybody else. 
Uh, and that's what he's doing. So uh, I fully anticipate he'll leave and go to the Knicks, and uh, Boston will be a contender again next year. Levi, your take. I find it patently offensive. Um, as a person who is going to be a future uh, resident of the Boston area, obviously Kyrie is excellent. Uh, I mean, to your point, yeah, he is pissing off people. Um, he seems a bit pretentious. Um, going on about leadership while said, like simultaneously being an asshole uh, is a bit of a hard sell. Um, but he's clearly better than the competition. And you know what? When Anthony Davis comes along, it won't be he won't be missed as much. I do think he's going to leave. Um, so it's a bit hypocritical, right? But it's not as hypocritical as LeBron James saying that young kids on the team need to live and breathe basketball when he's about to release an album with two chains. He uh, has a television show on HBO and he's getting ready to film Space Jam too. So again, the Kyrie went to the LeBron James School of Leadership. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily blame him. All right, now that we've sufficiently bored the audience with NBA talk, let's jump into the purpose of this podcast, which is whiskey on the weekend, meaning we sit, we drink whiskey, and we talk about inane things. DJ, you sent me some whiskey. Who else got the whiskey? Uh, I think everybody else eventually got the whiskey. Um, there are some issues uh, getting everybody the whiskey on time, which is why we uh, had to postpone from last week, because um, apparently Florida does not understand weather at all. Um, Florida straight as, lied to you about weather. Yeah, so apparently shipping to Florida was – there was – severe weather that, you know, the package could not be delivered. Um, and I don't know, Florida just has problems with weather and, and I feel like that's just never going to change. So I don't know why anybody would be in that state, but we have some people there. And then um, the other package that was uh, meant to go to uh, Leva Baxter uh, was shipped to a different house. And we, I think, we tracked that down, but I still haven't gotten confirmation from Levi whether he actually found the box or not. So it's, there's that. It's far better radio to, to, to reveal things live. But yes, I was able to track it down. Um, I did mistakenly text BJ the wrong address um, for whatever reason. I'm, I'm generally 99.9% .9 accurate on my address, um, but apparently that 0.1% that happened. So really, did you, really an act, act of God at this point. Did you send him a wrong address or an old address? A wrong address. Ooh, yeah, he just he, he swapped a number. It was fine. Happ happens to be across the street, so very convenient. Did yeah. you have to talk to them? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, oof. Um, so so uh, what did you say? Hey, uh, a buddy of mine sent some whiskey over here because I had a typo on a text. Uh, do you have it? That basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Saves time. Did, did they open it? Uh, they, did, they had not opened it. Um, okay, so that's nice. I, actually, I, I'm almost tempted to send uh, boxes to Spencer's neighbor, like by accident, quote unquote. So just maybe <laughs> they'd open it and see what I sent him and just be like, I have no idea what's going on in this yeah. man's life. I want to ask a question about that. Did anyone else's box come full of receipts, expired gift cards, and socks? It's going to be a hard no for me. Uh, <laughs> just check it. So uh, you should check those gift cards because so I think socks. I think at least one of them has something on it. They're clean, Spencer. I feel I, like you I can never have enough. Clean. Clean wait, a wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Do you think it bothers Spencer if they're clean or not? <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't think it was if they were his unclean socks. He would be bothered, but he might be a little bit bothered if they were my unclean socks. I would wash them and wear them happily for 14 years. Why on earth do you have this many receipts to put in a box for me? Um, well, it's important to save those. Yeah. 
documentation, Spencer. Uh, also, BJ, do you want to tell us about? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was, I was going to say I do uh, grocery shopping at more than one grocery store, so that's the uh, other reason. You're a wild man. You want to tell us I the am. first whiskey we're having? Um, I was going to say let's start with the Glen Rothis. It's a vintage reserve. It's uh, one of the first non-age statement uh, whiskeys that Glen Rothis has put out. It's a space size single second, malt. What? what was that? Non, what, Non-age that statement whiskey. Oh, so, so they don't tell you like 10 years, 12 years. Ago. Yeah, they don't tell you how old it is. And so that's one of the things that uh, whiskey distilleries have been moving towards because of the whiskey boom. Um, basically, they have a finite amount of whiskey that they've been aging for a while, and if they want to keep up with sales, they basically need to use a bunch of younger whiskey um, and then hopefully put away a lot more now, uh, expecting that this trend will continue. And so some uh, distilleries apparently are completely moving away from age statements and might never go back. Um, so if you're a fan of whiskey and a fan of more interesting whiskey that isn't, um, that's aged for a particular amount of time, single barrel, stuff like that, um, it's getting harder and harder to find and more and more expensive, which I'm not a fan of. Um, and as, uh, as evidenced by, um, I'll, I'll probably send some pictures out so Lee can post them on the web, that these are bargain shelf whiskeys. Guys, this smells yeah. really good. I'm hyped. Oh. Yeah, I'm excited. So, so uh, as as much as I, I, we joked about them being bargain shelf, and like I got them off the uh, clearance rack at a grocery store. Oh, I don't store, care about that. Yeah. They actually, uh, I actually did want to try uh, at least the Glen Rothes because it's a fairly nice uh, distillery and ha- puts out a lot of nice things that, that I've had before. All right. Cheers. Salute. Spencer, what do you think? It's fine. (laughs) Put that on the bottle. Yeah, Spencer says it's fine. Spencer, I I wish I could offer greater detail, but I I didn't taste much. Yeah, and BJ, I was going to point out, maybe... Uh, it's just in my head now, but it, it kind of seems like a whiskey that hasn't aged that long because it's not particularly complex. Yeah, um, I, I think that also it's it's probably a, a blend. So it says uh, vintage reserve. Um, so it's a single malting, but that I believe does not mean that it can't be a blend of a bunch of different casts. And so I'm guessing it's a bunch of different casts, a bunch of different uh, years. And so it's going to come out more mild. Um, I do get, you know, some caramel and actually a little bit of coffee on the back end, um, which I think oh, is cool. nice. But for the most part, it's it's unoffensive. My review? Yeah, um, what do you think? I think it's, it's pretty good. I mean, there's not a whole lot there um, to my taste. Um, but it's a perfectly fine whiskey. I wouldn't say um, it's okay. Yeah, I would say so. A normal price point for this is forty-eight, but for twenty-four bucks, I feel like it's a steal. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So overall, um, it's fine and it's good. Okay. It's it's perfectly unobjectionable. There's not much to say about it. BJ, Matt, you mentioned the coffee. I can taste an element of that, but it it tastes like something I would drink to get drunk. It doesn't really taste like something I'd drink for much in the way of flavor. That's perfect for this podcast. 
Um, and so I guess the other thing that now that I taste it a little bit more, it reminds me of is coffee nips. It has like that sort of sweet, a little bit of caramel, and then that sort of coffee, sweet coffee at the end. Um, so we, we were joking a little bit about the trials and tribulations of shipping. I feel like I should share a story uh, about a package that my mom shipped me recently, which just sort of typifies like the amusement and, and probably where I get a little bit of my sense of humor. So um, I had given her my cable modem, and since I switched back to uh, cable internet, she was shipping it back to me. And so she went to the post office and got one of the uh, post office boxes that's a flat rate. And she's like, well, you know, this thing's fairly light and doesn't take up all that much space. It, You know, it's reasonably large, so it needs like a medium-sized box, but there's tons of empty space, and it's a flat rate for, you know, whatever else I put in it. And so she got... Um, she filled some bags and a bunch of boxes of rice and beans and just like packed it to the gills of essentially like the heaviest stuff that she could find to pack it with the modem to send it out to me. That's beautiful. I mean, it is, but like, what about the UPS guy that's got to haul that thing around? <laughs> it, dude, it's USPS. It's fine. It's government work. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a federal worker. <laughs> hey, we got to keep them in business, right? All right. Well, all right. I like that. Guys, uh, I think I have a bit of an agenda here. What you got? You want to jump into it? Yeah, sure. let's do it. Okay. So uh, on the Mangum Talks podcast, you know, we do not get political here. Uh, we are for all people, R's, D's, independents, everybody. But I will say that there was something in the news today I kind of wanted to bring up. Um, Michael Cohen testified before Congress. Um and I can say this, like, no matter your political affiliation, you like Trump, you don't like Trump, you don't care, I think we can all agree that he flipped. I mean, that is, that's a flip. That's a textbook flip. Yep. So the question I pose to you guys is, is there someone out there who, if they ever flipped on you, you'd be really nervous? And I'll start. Barry. Oh, it, uh, yeah, that's the guy right there, Levi. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Levi, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, think uh, if, more... I think if either of us flip on each other, uh, we're up Shit's Creek. Uh, yeah, I just feel like if I'm president and I'm sitting in, you know, the residence and I'm, like, just kind of checking C-SPAN and, and Levi comes in to a congressional <laughs> oversight committee, I'm like, all right, that's it. That's it. Like, just get me on Marine One out of here. I just love the, the, the concept of you flip flipping the channels. You see my face pop up on the screen. You didn't expect it, and you're just like, okay, I resign. I'm, I'm typing it out right now or writing it down. Um, I'm no, I feel like what I would do is I would tell my staff, okay, uh, we planned for this. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and, and execute the plan. Uh, I'm, I'm leaving the Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> Retirement right. starts now. Who uh, – Spencer. I will say, since, since that was very uninteresting that both of us said, said each other, um, a backup option is going to be, honestly, Josh. Uh, Josh has seen me at a lot of bad points in my life, a very immature <laughs> point in my life, uh, that he, he can do some real real harm long-term uh, if things get out. Um, Doug's a wild card because Doug can always just lie. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't have to be true. That's true, man. If Doug flips on you, you're in trouble because all of a sudden, like, you're – I mean, he's just going to make all kinds of shit up. Yeah, he'll, he'll just make it up, and, and you're done. Like, there's nothing you can do there, because he's going to be very convincing. Uh, he's uh, a very, very good liar. 
I know, I, I, I appreciate how you said convincing, but how would you feel about Chuka testifying against you? Oh, he'd lose all credibility. He would exactly, fall. man. Like you, you, you talk to him for a little bit of time, and you say this guy's a little different. Um, which fair enough for for these purposes, fantastic. Uh, I guess I can go next. Uh, I can't think of many things that I I can't really imagine being in political office. So let's you know start with that. So like somebody right. flippy on me. I can't like, imagine be, you in political office either. <laughs> <laughs> which I appreciate. Um, so I mean I I guess the worst I I, I think would be a pe- like probably my mom. Because just, like, all the dumb crap that I did as a kid, and, like, we we butted heads a lot when I was a teenager. And basically, once I got into college, I sort of settled down a lot more and was a little bit more reasonable. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I've led a very boring life, so it doesn't really matter. I get, and right. honestly, the only other person that, that would be problematic would be my dad, but that's not an issue anymore, so... Yeah, again, fairly boring. Okay, so, BJ, uh, do you have any interest in running for president in 2020? We kind of need somebody with that answer, but anyway. <laughs> no, no history. Uh, so which one of us is actually going to be 35? Cause, uh, Valid point. What, what, at what point do you need to be 35? Because I will be inaugurating. I think it's, I think it's okay. on, on inauguration. So, so I guess I could technically run. Okay. All right. Well, let's get it get it together. Spencer, what's your answer? I mean, again, relatively boring life, and those that know me don't know everything individually. So I don't know if there's any one person that would sink me. I think that maybe the biggest concern wouldn't necessarily be, you know, somebody testifying against me, but just someone that's brought to testify about me that isn't necessarily the source I want speaking on my behalf. Like, if they brought in how Wu is like a character association witness, that could be potentially dangerous for a campaign. Like, trying yeah, to but help I feel you? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like the other side of that is is how, is, uh, as, you know, Chuka might be, you know, one of our friends who's actually been on the podcast, you know, he, he'll he say a lot of things, and it's like, all right, you were associated with this guy in college, like, ah, uh, whatever. Um, I feel like more worrisome for you is the people that vouch for you for the bar. You, you twice, which apparently worked out well. By the way, well, Spencer, right. let's do a sidebar here. Um, let's bring it back to, to the answer you just gave, which is possibly one of the sketchiest answers you could possibly give, which is very few individuals no. know the full, <laughs> the full, full brunt of my story. <laughs> True statement. That's the that, Ted Bundy answer. That is a serial killer answer, Spencer. Um, <laughs> I just want to make sure that everyone understands that fact. It's a true statement, too. I've got separate circles of friends. Each one of you knows various aspects of my life, and you don't really interact much. You're not making it to political office because you're not talking your way out of this situation. You're just making it worse, right? I have separate groups of friends. Do all your friends know all the things? It's equivocation, Spencer. Go down hard. Not, not denying this, also not running for office, presenting an honest picture of the life of Spencer. Honestly, God, Spencer, I feel like everybody that's been in a car with you on a long drive with Lee would not be a good testifier. There, there's the, there's the one. Put Will on the stand. He would just recount those car drives, and that would end the candidacy right there. 
Yeah, yeah. So we covered that in a previous whiskey on the weekends where whenever me and Spencer are stuck in a car together for a long period of time, I just badger him with questions until he divulges personal information to me that probably he had not at that point given to just one friend group, um, probably dispersed it among multiple friend groups, uh, a lot of which is kind of a little incriminating. On, on the first drive, it took you like an hour for me just to finally wear down. The second drive, it was like, okay, five minutes in. So what do you want to ask? No delay. Keep your feet off the drive. Keep your feet off the dashboard and ask me questions. Let's go. All right. Well, that's okay. So that's uh, our pop culture segment. Um, actually, I'm going to continue that. Spencer, I have a question for you. Okay. Are these massage parlors in uh, strip malls in Florida quite as popular as I'm hearing they are? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are. There are a remarkable number of them within, say any distance of me or anywhere else. You, almost every corner you can find the latest massage parlor, strip club, whatever else. It's what people come to Florida for. I'm specifically interested in the massage parlors. Do you know what a table shower is? I'm not aware what a table shower is. Okay, because that, that massage parlor that Bob Croft got, uh, Kraft got ah. caught at, uh, actually on the window had printed table showers. I still haven't figured out what that is. I'm scared to Google it. While we're waiting. So, so Spencer, along with your um, melting pot gift cards, are mm-hmm. there uh, specific massage parlors around you that you prefer or that offer services that you uh, are more interested in, in taking a part of so you can report back to us on the various services that they offer and, and the, you know, the comparisons that you might have to offer for these uh, strip, club, or strip mall massage places? I can say with honesty, I've only been to a massage parlor once in my life, and it was for a couple's massage where Bridget and I held hands throughout. Yikes. Uh, BJ, if you do that, if you do that, pay with cash, okay? <laughs> get get him gift cards? Yeah, yeah. If you get him gift cards from a massage parlor <laughs> in Florida, you need to pay him cash. I'm not running for a judgeship. I don't need that. Just looking out for you. <laughs> Thank you. Levi, how do you feel about um, – your future city's football team owner uh, frequenting a <laughs> crappy massage parlor in Florida and then getting arrested for it. I don't see what the big deal is, honestly. Um, oh, I mean, boy, human, hot take. Human trafficking, obviously, is not, is not something I want to uh, recommend or support. Um, but in terms <laughs> recommend. Of, I don't think that's as strong as it needs to be, Levi. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. I affirmatively uh, deplore, there we go. De- deplore human trafficking. It is yada, yada, yada. Um, so... The man likes to get a massage and get a little rub off. What, what what's the big deal? Okay, all right. Well, that's. Play uh, an answer to your question. I think it says something about Florida. There is actually a Yelp page for best table shower massage in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Have you figured out what a table shower is? I have a description on Quora. I don't really want to read it. Okay, Please. fair enough. I will. Um, oh, Spencer, no. here we go. Spencer, all right, do, do it with it with an accent. Uh, yeah, no one will so, Levi's volunteered. Kids, kids, volume down for 15 seconds, kids. Go, Levi. Uh, let's see. Uh, Got to have a shower, uh, lavender oil, scrub, the body's massaged. I think this is all fake uh, because honestly, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like anything new. 
Yeah, this is all like a massage. Um, Officially here, I'm really for different lengths, they just bathe you and then massage you. Well, I do love the fact that at least for Legit. for my Google returns, uh, we've got what, what happens at a table shower massage, Cora. That's the first one, yeah. Top 10 best table shower in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, top 10 best table shower, Durham, NC. And then the next return is what it's really like to get a hand job at a massage parlor. Okay, all right. Woo! All right, sorry I brought that one up. Um, we have an Urban Dictionary link. I, I, I saw that. Um, <laughs> there's some sort of face sitting going on here. I, I don't understand life. All right, all right. You're working All right, so, so we might have listeners in the UK. We have to edit that face sitting part out, so uh, be careful. Money, my. Okay, I'm going to move on to something a little bit more um, family-oriented. Uh, okay. Next, well, first of all, I'm I'm blowing through a, a list here. Do you guys have anything you want to talk about? I feel like I had something, and let let, let me pull up some notes. But come back to me while he's doing that. Um, let's just get a status check. How are people doing, Terry? How are you doing? Like, what's going on in your life, man? I am doing well. Um, we're gonna sell our house. So that's exciting. I'm gonna move somewhere, probably in downtown Durham. Me and you are gonna tag out, Levi. We're just you, pretty you much leave, you leave. I come in, but somewhere I can walk to a restaurant, bar, walk the dog, that sort of thing. I live out in the woods right now. It's been kind of cool, but we're ready for a change of pace. So that's what we got going on. Uh, not particularly entertaining, but that's what's happening in my life. Spencer, I spent eight hours on Tuesday getting paid to read other people's text messages. Well, well, okay, what? wait a minute. Yep, yeah, hold on. We we have a lot more interesting stuff to delve into here, um, and not not that this is something that I I was going to bring up for everyone to talk about. But um, Spencer, what is the nature of these uh, text messages that that you're reading through? Uh, it is a surprisingly diverse and occasionally graphic collection of the text messages shared by uh, the employees of a particular city on their cell phones. Uh, I think it was assumed at a certain point that they were only using their city-issued cell phones for public business, and I have rapidly concluded that that is anything but the case. Spencer, did you say pubic business? Public? Yeah. Oh. We got we yeah. got dirty here really quick. Uh, Spencer, let me ask you a question. Sounds so, pubic too, but go on. So you can't break attorney-client privilege, obviously. We don't want you to do that. We want you to run for judge at some point. But could you give us an example of maybe one of the more salacious texts that you have come across, um, but not actually an example, just like something that's similar, right? So don't don't tell me the exact text, but tell me something that's in the ballpark. So so instead of what would what what is Josh like, we're gonna do a what do city employees text each other about? Uh, well, city employees are randy bastards. Uh, there was one set of text messages that were about 800 of them I went through of where the two primary categories were pictures of Home Depot patio furniture and where, when, how, and in what manner and how quickly the particular paramour of this city employee could be to the office to bang her on her desk. Oh, boy. I like that you used the word paramour but then said bang. Exactly. This is a real <laughs> real high and low situation there. Sir. I really appreciate that as a person who likes to integrate sort of rap slang into my, my professional correspondence. I enjoy, I enjoy the mix. Yes, I do. But it, it was surprising for me. I was expecting mundane city-only business, but so far at least it has, it has been anything else but. Hence why they're still paying me to look through these damn things. 
heck of a job you've got there. Yeah. Not, uh, not what I expected. I mean, th- the last project was me looking at pictures of dented fire trucks. So, you know, in some ways, this is a somewhat more exciting improvement. I feel like I'm doing the text-based version of watching telenovelas. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. BJ, how are you? Yeah. I'm doing doing all right. Uh, the work is uh, on the more frustrating side for me because uh, I have to actually do data analysis from all of the uh, science experiments that I've done and try and make figures and write papers because uh, that's what science is really about rather than doing the fun stuff. And actually, Levi and I had a, a fairly long text conversation, at least for uh, Levi, where we talked about how... <laughs> about right. Yeah, uh, how Levi was just like, I, I don't understand how you live your life doing sitting in front of something and having to interact with it every uh, couple of minutes because it's, it's the worst thing ever. And I kind of agreed with him. Uh, most of my experimenting that I do now is sort of more, uh, you know, watch data come in and... and I sort of related it to playing video games where like you do something, you get like continual rewards and continual feedback of like, Oh, Hey, something cool is happening. Um, But data analysis is, is more like, I don't know. I I don't know what else to relate it to, but, but it's continually going over all of the things that you've collected and trying to sort out, you know, the good from the bad and how best to, to present and, and inform people about like what what crap you've done for like the past year and a half. So it could be more interesting, but still better than actual work. Okay. Um, BJ Spencer, anything you guys want to cover? Um, I, I actually uh, uh, talked to Levi about this briefly, but um, I've was uh bombarded with some ads for uh table shows. otter what nothing go ahead <laughs> uh otter print underwear and so i was like oh levi uh this seems right up your alley uh and and then it was kind of like and, and so the ad had like couples matching underwear and i was just like to me, that's just super weird. That's not cute. That's not like an adorable thing that you can do with your significant other. That's just like, I don't know. Why would you do that? That that just seems weird. Like like, and would you actually coordinate? Like, do you, do you? All right, like you know, honey, today, like we're gonna wear our otter underwear and and, and like hang out. Well, and let me I, give you the give you the answer to that that question there, BJ, because as a person who a has purchased those otter underwear in in matching pairs for both of us. Uh, and already has similar similar setup. What uh, the fuck? Hardly <laughs> <laughs> by place. We need to know. The answer is no. There's no coordination. Uh, it is something that that when you put on, it is a nice reminder to your significant other. Hey, you're thoughtful and you want to make her happy. Um, it's just like underwear. It doesn't really matter that much. It's just like it's somewhat cute to wear underwear uh, that the other person has. Uh, wait, wait, Levi. Uh, um, uh, that has to be coming from Spencer. No, it's actually not. Again, with the good radio, very good radio. Thank you, Spencer. Levi, um, question for you: Did you really buy matching otter underwear with you and your girlfriend? I did. I, I purchased it immediately after BJ and Courtney. <laughs> 
just so I can have a visual. Is this, you're the best. I is think this you tiny always zig when I think you're going to zag. <laughs> Spencer, what was that question? I, I, I need a, I need the uh, a visual description. Is this tiny otters that are printed on this, or is this like otter paws or something? So so it's what? actually way funnier uh, than than you can possibly imagine. So um, I'll I'll let Levi describe it, and then I will give you a little bit more. Oh, yeah, that, there it there is. There we go. A little bit more information. <laughs> All right, we're gonna put up a link. All right, we're putting it's up the handhold of otters. We're putting up a link for this on our Facebook page if any of the listeners want to buy this underwear. Uh, www.facebook.com slash Mangum Talks. It'll be up there tomorrow. So, so Levi, not expecting that. Um, have you looked at your coasters recently? Uh, I, maybe. don't really look at coasters in detail every day. Well, I was going to say, so there are specific coasters that I'm talking about. Do you mean the ones with the otters holding hands? Yeah. Yes. You should look a little bit closer at those because um, those might be basically the same otters that you that that are that that my girlfriend and I burned for you on uh, on those oh, coasters. Look at that, Levi is is sweet as AF. I've got matching underwear to coaster set. Oh, God, BJ. I'm okay, really can we back, back up and explain what we're talking about? Um, over um, over yeah, um, the New Year's. Uh, weekend where we sort of grind in like 50,000 hours of, of podcast material on a variety of platforms. Um, BJ brought very, very sweet gifts for, for, for many of us. Uh, those gifts were um, wood burnt, um, wood uh, coasters um, with important things to us as individuals. So the collection that I had um, and I'm going to flake on the third one, but it was the Dallas Mavericks logo, otters, and what was the third one, BJ? Um, there was a basketball hoop one. Ah, that's right. Um, and Terry, what were yours? I believe they were <laughs> house. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You're the worst, Levi. <laughs> you know, I don't know what they are. Damn it. I'm sorry, BJ. They were really super thoughtful, but I, I don't okay. know what they are. No, one, one was like Game of Thrones. Um, they were pretty much all Game of Thrones. So, so there was a, so there are two for your wife, which were a chicken and a cat, and then there were two well, Game of Thrones uh, specific ones. There's the, well, the Targaryen. Too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really for no one, um, but that small cat you have, piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> the one that was just over New Year's, just walking around hitting people. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> uh, it was it was really uncalled for. Very nice. <laughs> Teacher manners. But, but no, I'm sorry I couldn't remember that, BG. But that was really yeah, no that was a very thoughtful gift. Um, so so I just thought it was really funny because when I saw those, I looked a little closer and I was just like, huh, I guess they uh, found the same piece of art that I did and uh, threw it on some underwear. And Levi bought it immediately. Yeah. All right. Well, check cool. that out on our Facebook page. <laughs> uh, so, so Spencer, um, hmm. I. I I assume that, that, that Bridget listens to, to all of our uh, podcasts like a good girlfriend. And so when Not she finds out... Not a second out, of it. Go on. Yeah, yeah I, I assume that. Um, so, so when she finds out that, that somebody else in the Mangum crew has um, matching underwear sets, you know, what, what matching underwear would you buy? Uh, if she knows that this good is question. an option 
and that she can get whatever custom print of it that she wants, we will have matching print underwear of puppies and bunnies within a, just a day. It will take no time at all. And it'll last you like 25 years, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. At least my set. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, me and my wife probably have no interest in that, so I don't, I don't know that that's anything we're going to be doing. But, uh, you know, cool that you did it, Levi. <laughs> I, I like how much aspersion you can cast with the, uh, cool, Levi, you did that. <laughs> Oh, man, that's so funny that Levi just ordered it immediately. I made the joke uh, that he's eggs when I think he's going to zag. Levi, you get shit all the time. Like, I don't know how many times I thought you were going to bail on Kanye. You've never done it. You've not done it. You've stood with the man, and you have, you know, if I was like a betting man, I had to bet on your reactions, I'd be broke. <laughs> I'm LeBron uh, making the playoffs, except for this year. Um, Playoff mode activated. We'll see about that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I like like to spice things up and make, and, and make sure our, our, our friendship is interesting, right? <laughs> you do that. All right. Well, I'll get to um, – well, actually, no, Spencer, do you have anything you want to talk about? I was thinking, should we try the next drink? That means that's a no. Um, <laughs> or Spencer really wants to get drunk right now. So yeah. that's, uh, that's a blind yeah, drink. I was going to say, did you house the uh, rest of the Glen Rothis? Oh, of course you did. Actually, I've got a little bit left. I'm, I was kind of excited to try what the next one was to see if I like it better. Okay. We chugging this stuff? DJ, I like that you changed bottles. This feels like the most medicine bottle thing you've sent us. I know. I like these bottles better. So uh, there are two reasons. Uh, one was I was just about out of the uh, uh, clear glass bottles, and the other reason was these were about half the price. So I will send out that link uh, for, for anybody else. I kind of assumed you took them from your lab and then like had some medicinal shit in them before. Okay, so so I definitely con- <laughs> de- considered getting some lab stuff to send stuff out. I was just like, ah, I wonder how people would feel about it. And most of it's plastic and has a smell, like a plastic smell. So, eh. Cannot contaminate the purity of whiskey. So uh, the next the whiskey... Um, yeah, because there's no fucking way you're going to read my handwriting, is uh, Breaker Bourbon Whiskey. Um, it is a uh, limited release. This is bottle number 510 from batch number 26. Um, and this is another Californian whiskey, a California bourbon, which uh, I'm sure people... Uh, no, sorry, uh, distilled in Kentucky. So why did it say California's... Central Coast. Is that where it I don't bottled? understand what's going on. Oh, maybe it's distilled in Kentucky, but like... Uh, bottled, yep. Blended and everything in California. Yeah, that might be what Yeah, a lot of places do that, though, so they can call it bourbon. Yeah, and then, you know, age it in California. Yep. Ooh, that smells good. Are you chugging this stuff? No, no, I want to, I want to see if I can savor it. It's got a sweet smell to it. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh, wow. That is um, quite sweet. This reminds me a lot of the French whiskey. Not as strong. Not a fan. (laughs) Similar flavor. Not digging that one. Sorry, BJ. Not digging that one. No worries. I feel like I'm drinking Crown Royal. 
I mean, I'll finish it, but nah. No. <laughs> the smell got me hopeful, but the the taste itself, yeah, it, it's it's quite sweet. It has almost a fruity character to it that that I don't really know where they're getting. Um, but I don't know. I I actually like the uh, French whiskey a little bit more, um, even though I had way too much of it. But yeah, the, this this sort of almost tastes like um, they added a bunch of sugar or like you know almost some like candy to it. Yeah, I don't know. I again, I it it it's very sweet to me. It kind of tastes like a like a said Crown Royal, like a Canadian blended whiskey, like something that's overly sweet. Like they've yeah, uh, it almost tastes like they just like dumped a bunch of Smarties in a whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna co-sign Terry's analysis, not the Smarty analysis. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting the the notes of uh, hypercris corn syrup. No, but I am getting obnoxiously sweet, so I don't know what they've done to it. But it's, uh, you know, actually, it would probably do well in like a Diet Coke and bourbon drink. That, yeah. That's kind of what you're looking for in that drink. Yeah. Um, but as a freestanding whiskey, nah. It, 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 for me, it almost tastes like, have you guys ever had that, that like candied fruit? That candied fruit? I want to need more from you. A kind of candied fruit, either a fruit that's either soaked in sugar and then crystallized, or it's actually, actually soaked in like a bourbon or a liquor and then, then um, served. Uh, no. I mean, okay. I've had candied well, fruit. But tastes like this. Interesting. When have you had fruit soaked in liquor? I've uh, been a long damn time, but I remember you uh, guys, somebody at the... Hmm? You guys having some PJ at your, uh, at your law firm? <laughs> Get, getting no. into that purple Jesus. I feel, I'm pretty Whoa. sure that's a North Carolina specific thing. I think I was at a professor's uh, house in law school of where he had a bowl of them at the table for a, he was entertaining guests. Oh, this sounds like a, a very rapey situation. <laughs> yeah, you put, you put your keys in a bowl. I emerged intact. In. He put his fruit in a bowl. <laughs> I know you, you, you emerged intact, Spencer. We're asking all the other people that, that went there. That's, that's crazy. Can't vouch for all of them. So you have a law school party where they're, they're, they're serving candy soaked in bourbon? I, was, I think it was, like, I was actually like little bits of fruit maybe that had been dried before that were soaked in either sugar or uh, alcohol. I, I, would, I would know either or. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying they were both. They were both. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. Uh, Spencer, I want to watch you house this, uh, this whiskey. Because you probably oh, want to go back to again Glenn Rothis and uh, wash your mouth out. Okay, one sec. Knock it back. Oh, and there it goes. Wait, <clears> that <throat> was all that there was in that bottle? No. <laughs> Spencer, question for you. Do you have to work after this? Yeah. Okay, well, you're going to need to finish the rest of that bottle then. Uh, the, the last week of the weekend that we recorded or one of the last ones, uh, I had like four hours of work I had to do afterwards. This interfered with me doing that to a remarkable degree. <laughs> well, yeah, because you ended it in bed. Like you were laying down <laughs> in bed by the time we were done. I wasn't just laying down. I'd already pulled up the coverage by the time we were finishing up the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was me, covers up to my chin, hand with a glass full of alcohol with a computer balancing on my knees. Oh. That sounds lovely. So you sound like uh, a like a writer. I actually have a uh, basketball related question for everybody. If you want to, inter- if I can try one. Oh, please do. 
why is it exactly that Nike lost 1.2 billion in stock value on Thursday of last week? They okay, didn't. I have a they didn't. They did Stop not. It. Brief. It was they brief. did not. There is stupid. There's movement in the stock market all the time. This is nonsense. It is. This is they went down 2% for the day. They came back. But they did on that day. That okay. is ridiculous. That, you, know why, you know why they did that, Spencer? Because they're a publicly traded company. And, the public and that happened. Not bright. That happened. That was not – no, no, no. I, I kind of wish I had bought. <laughs> it, it's one of these things that, that – um, and I'm sort of riffing off some of the stuff that um, one of my favorite – commentators on sports, Ryan Rossillo, um, he, he talked about it on his recent podcast, but this is the most inane analysis of things. Like this is, you're justifying the result ad hoc post fact. Like the results happen, you say, well, it must have been this. Um, not any sure. other 50,000 things that happen within a large, large multinational conglomerate. Um, For those of our listeners that don't know what happened and don't care anywhere near as much as we do about UNC basketball... Uh, so what happened was that during the Duke-UNC game, um, Zion Williams, Williams, Williamson? Williams. Williams. I'll take it. I'll take it from here. You're not a college basketball guy. 33 seconds into the Duke-UNC game. It's the first Duke-UNC game of the year. Everyone was pumped to see You Zion were at it, too. Uh, I was not at it. Whoa. He was watching, was watching the game. Um, and Zion Williamson, he gets the ball for the first time. He takes a pretty awkward move, which I don't think he's taken enough hit for. Um, he was probably going to fall down anyway after this move, um, but his shoe broke, his foot slid out from under him, and he tweaked his knee. Everyone thought, oh, my God, Zion's hurt. Nike stock is going to get hurt. And so that's where this story comes, where it's like, well, Nike went down 1%, 2% or something like you would normally do in the course of business. And, of course, all of the talking heads go, oh, Nike stock hit by a billion or whatever. Whatever, whatever. So, and Levi, so he, question for you. One second, PJ. Levi, question for you. Ryan Rosillo covered this? Yes. Uh, he was he was very upset. He sort of wrapped that into a, to an analysis of um, the the poor job that a lot of people covering sports do of sort of justifying the result, um, which is um, it's one of his big sort of big takes is hearing why the Warriors lost against the Cavs or why the Cavs came back rather. Um, a lot of the analysis is well the Warriors, you know they just they just got tired. You know they just were burnt out from 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 winning seventy three games and all this sort of stuff. And it's like what. Where were you in in Game Six of the previous series? Did they just suddenly get tired in in, in Game Four? Um, <laughs> that's this, a, that's a classic Rusillo take, just like fly in the ointment. But it sort of points to a broader problem, which is like, and this happens with all of life, not just sports, not just the stock market. I mean, in all of our jobs, our lives, is people justify the result afterwards um, without any sort of prior opinion on the matter. They say, oh, that that new came, you know. We've got more leads in our business. Well, that marketing campaign must have worked. And it's like, well, did you mm-hmm. do any analysis on that? Um, and so yeah. to be the combination of, of sort of do, doing data analysis is very hard. Um, you can't just, like, come up with plausible stories. I mean, that's, that's fine for hypothesis generation, but you're not actually testing anything. Um, and it's it's one of those things that it's a broader problem in our, our sort of environment, which we, we can sort of, like, speculate as friends over, over some whiskey about the causes of things. I wouldn't put my money down. I wouldn't put put my my, my sort of rigor and my uh, reputation at stake for that sort of analysis. Yeah, and so BJ, we're going to cut to you in a second, but a couple points I want to make. One is that word on the street is Zion has been wearing the same pair of shoes the entire season. They were his lucky shoes. So mm, that's a bit of a problem. Two, so lucky is, shoes are like Spencer, where he just wears shoes forever and 
I don't think it's like Spencer because I think he's getting his shoes for free. Spencer doesn't want to fork over the 450 for the new pack of three uh, crew socks at the Target. Well, uh, now he doesn't have to since uh, somebody else bought them for him. <laughs> I still have the I, shoes that Levi and Doug helped me buy, I think it was 12 years ago. <laughs> second point I want to make is, uh, Spencer, I don't do this very often on the podcast. I want to apologize to you. Um, I threw it to you. You clearly weren't ready for an agenda topic. You threw something out, and me and Levi just spent the last 10 minutes just shitting all over it. So apologize for that. <laughs> hoping you would. I was hoping you would. I framed it as controversial as possible so you guys would have fun with it. I want to make sure that you continue to bring up agenda topics, so uh, sorry about that. BJ, what were you going to say? Oh, nothing that important. I was just going to say, like, it, he, Zion Williamson put his foot, like, through the shoe, which is, like, I, I feel like is a little bit more an impressive break than, than just like, oh, you know, he like twisted his knee or whatever else. So it was sort of a, a surprising thing. Um, I did also like the amount of uh, social media that just uh, flipped their shit over Obama's reaction to it, though. Well, he did, his reaction was just like of a normal person. He just went, his shoe broke. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. I think that's what I would say. No, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like it was a very normal reaction, and he was there, and and you know he he's a fan uh, of college basketball at least to a certain extent, and he was like, oh crap, you know his his shoe broke, and just all social media just seems to go like, oh my god, Obama reacts like a normal person to things. Yeah. Okay. So, I, we are circling all of the bad takes of this that 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 make me crazy. So one is the Nike stock was hit, right? I don't I don't believe that. Two is this sort of like, well, Zion must be superhuman to blow out his shoe because that happens in basketball. It's not particularly common, but it it has happened many. It's not like this is a freak of crazy. It's not like a Bo Jackson situation. Like people have blown out their shoe before. So I'm interested. Uh, so Terry, um, how did Obama get that ticket? I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if this was explained on the broadcast. But how do you think he got that ticket? Uh, I think he probably got it through Coach K, through Reggie Love. He was sitting next to Reggie Love, which was his body man, um, for I think the first like four or five years of his presidency, mm-hmm. who was also uh, previous to that a varsity basketball player at Duke. So that's probably his line in, although I imagine if he didn't have the line with Reggie Love, he could have got one anyway. Free, right? What, what what is this senator like? What are you are you Mark Meadows now? Like you going after Obama for getting a basketball ticket? Uh, absolutely not. I'm just curious. I, I, I want to know sort of what what happens in these scenarios. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Let me tell you, Senator Hillary Clinton got it for him. <laughs> she sells them. She sells them on the dark web. <laughs> Fair enough. And she probably used front money from a pedophilia ring to uh, to get the initial tickets. Um, some sort of craziness like the that. The back right? of a pizza parlor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, we're breaking our rule to not be political. Okay, let me go back to something more. Um, I have something I want to talk about here. It, 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 we started with these real hot takes, so this may come off as a little boring, but I think it's interesting. All right, so, BJ, you work in a lab. You don't work in an office, correct? I mean, I have an office, but, yeah, I work in a lab. Right, it's not really like an office setting where you have, like, yeah. meeting rooms, break rooms, okay. Spencer, you work at a law firm. Do you, does it look like a normal office? Like, do you have a break room? Do you have meeting rooms, communal spaces? Yeah, there's a break room. There's a couple conference rooms. There's a kitchen. Communal spaces like that. You know, Levi, I think you probably work from home now, but you used to work in a place, and I've seen it before, that looks like kind of an office space. My question for you guys is, um, occasionally, I go to our break room, and there is food there, leftover 
from a lunch, from a whatever. What is the food that when you go to the break room, you're like the most hyped is there and, and is left over like a lunch or another meal? I actually probably have more experience about leftover food and, and, and things to be hyped about than the rest of you guys because uh, we have like seminars that have food and then we have reps from scientific companies and um, actually you'll, you'll probably see some boxes that we get random snacks from. So they're um, pretty much all of the optics and laser companies now send out little packets of uh, snacks when you, whenever you like buy anything from them. Um, but I, I would still have Question. to say pizza. Yeah. That's a good Very call. Very boring. That's a good call. Eva? It's interesting. So I've, I've changed roles in the past um, six months or so. Um, I've, I've joined a sort of the more sales focused uh, group inside of uh, my organization, uh, whereas previously I was in sort of a back end role, a sort of supporting role. Um, so the weird thing is, is, is that in my new role, I'm, I'm aware that there's there's going to be food because it's probably being being purchased by uh, colleagues of mine. Um, but but prior to, to my current role, um, I would be extremely hyped for, we would buy sort of sandwich packages. Um, we'd have a bunch of different sandwiches and we'd have chips and, and, and to me, dill pickles are, are fantastic. Um, I, I love seeing, seeing a dill pickle in there um, with a sandwich. That always like hyped me. Um, the pizza, pizza is always good, right? Pizza is delicious. Um, I, I don't want to besmirch uh, the name of pizza, but sandwiches are always pretty solid. Um, and they're and they're fairly filling filling and they don't feel disgusting to eat. You did remind me. So every so often, uh, one of the seminars gets uh, deli sandwiches with pickles and some other sides. And one of the sandwiches they have is a uh, rare roast beef on rye. That that I would put above pizza in terms of my excitement because mostly like seminar pizza or like pizza that you get that's like leftover in a break room is cold. Whereas I feel like a deadly sandwich that's, you know, it, it doesn't change like what it is in, you know, the time that it's sitting out for like an hour or two or, you know, whatever it is. Whereas pizza definitely dips in, in the excitement once it, you know, sort of veers towards room temperature. That's a fair point. Yeah, it definitely becomes a different thing. Um, Levi. Still pizza, but not quite the same thing. Likes the rare roast beef on rye. What was that? I said <laughs> BJ likes a rare roast beef on rye. Of course he does. Yeah, I'm doing all I can. <laughs> not to go there. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like in defense of BJ, who doesn't? Like it sounds yeah, delicious. That's, that's good. That's it oh, okay, so so in terms of sandwiches, it's on brand. But in terms of sandwiches that you often get access to, so your choices are like ham and Swiss, turkey, turkey and like Munster or something like that, or chicken salad. What? what? Chicken, chicken salad. For some reason, whenever they order sandwiches at my office, there's always chicken salad sandwiches. So. And that's what oh, you're that's excited so about? No, God no. That's the worst because it has to sit out. Ugh. Chicken salad is the most disgusting uh, sandwich option to uh, have have cold or not fresh. 
whenever we have sandwich, op sandwich options left over, it's always tuna and chicken salad are the only ones that are left behind because everyone picked everything else. And so there's just a collection of soggy, vaguely fishy or chicken, chickeny bread that's just sitting on a counter for the next eight hours. Y'all need like somebody to clean your office. <laughs> so the point. other thing that I feel like I need to share is um, I, I'm a little bit less excited about this than most of my colleagues just because I'm not as much of a fan of sweet things as, as most of, um, I don't know, the, the rest of the world. Um, but one to two days a week, fairly often there's a seminar that has um, like coffee and things like that, but also has these cookies that are you know, four to four to six inches in diameter. And they're surprisingly good cookies. And they're usually like a hundred something of them. They're usually a lot left over. And so a lot of the labs in the building, you know, somebody will go down and grab like a handful for everybody else. And they're, they're surprisingly good cookies. And so I would say as a whole, everybody in the building gets really excited for uh, what they've termed Big Cookie Wednesday. And so we actually, um, and then there was a newfound excitement this year because they switched the cookies that they have. And so that there was like a, a, you know, almost a telephone thing in the building. It's like, oh, they changed the, the cookies for Big Cookie Wednesday. Now, you know, they have some ginger snaps and some, you know, chocolate chip chocolate cookies. And it's all kinds of good stuff. Who, whose voice are you doing right there? Uh, <laughs> one of the Is there like a particular coworker? <laughs> yeah, that, there's a grad student in the lab next door that I'm not doing a very good job of her voice, but she, yeah, that, yeah, so, that's a vague impression of her. So my answer to this is Taco Bar. Ooh, uh, why is he? Yeah, that was a good choice. Yeah, we occasionally have meetings, uh, and probably the majority of them are the ones where I have decision-making authority, um, where we have a taco bar. And it just, it keeps well, because, I mean, you come in, like, you, I mean, of course, the lettuce, like, after a couple hours, whatever you don't want, but, like, the meat, the cheese, the salsa, the tortilla, it's all fine, right? You put it together, you heat it up in the microwave, you're good to go. So I like to see the taco bar about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon for a little snack. Yeah, that's I feel like that's a good choice. Um, so one of the other things that, that we have that I actually really like um, at UC, well, UCSD, University of California, San Diego, is so we have Not to brag. a once. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> Just a little comedy. Just doing a little comedy. I appreciate it. Um, so once a month, we have a get together with a bunch of different labs where a, a lab will present the. Uh, projects that they're usually two labs will present the projects that they're working on, and, and it one lab is responsible for the dinner. And um, there are definitely foods that work way better than others in terms of like getting a large quantity for like 40 or 50 people. And pizzas work relatively well, um, but for whatever reason, people don't seem to often get pizza. But Indian food works surprisingly well. Um, Look out. Whoa. See, I can't do that in North Carolina. It doesn't yeah. play. Yeah. Hmm. I, I would pick it, but I, I, yeah. I see where you're I see where you're going with it because that's a that's a very easy like get a plate and sit down. And yeah, it's also exactly. easy to like forecast how much people are gonna eat. The problem I have with pizza is I never know what how many pieces of pizza people are gonna eat. Like for whatever reason, people feel weird getting more than maybe two or three tacos. 
But I see folks going back for their fifth, sixth slice of pizza. Like, it's and hard that, to, for me to forecast. As a side note? Yeah. Go ahead, BJ. Uh, so I was actually going to say, it was really funny today. So the uh, Postdoc Association had a tax uh, presentation on, like, how to fill out your taxes for this year. And they had pizza for it. And they had an RSVP link and whatever else. And apparently they had, like, 40 people RSVP for it, but, like, 70 showed up. And so they're like, oh, like, you know, we were surprised about this and we got – a, you know, pizza, but we didn't get enough pizza, obviously, for, like, everybody that showed up. And I just wanted to call the dude out that said, like, obviously, we didn't get enough pizza because they got five pies for, you know, 35, 40 people that RSVP. And I was just like, well, oh. what are you doing with your life that you're getting five pies for, like, 40 people, 70 showed up, and you're like, oh, well, we, you know, slightly underestimated, like, the amount of well, pizza that we actually need. BJ, let me introduce you to a little guy named Jesus Christ. Um, let me tell you what he did with fish at one point. Uh, well, time for you to learn about it. on this pizza, so it didn't fucking count. You'd probably need Jesus Christ to make those pies, uh, five pies to uh, to stretch to 30 people. Levi, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I mean, in that vein, um, there was a, a former colleague of mine um, who was let go uh, after I left the organization that I was previously with. Um, he was infamous for just like piling up slices on slices whenever there was pizza, uh, free pizza. He, he would go in there and get four, five, six, seven, eight slices um, and just piled them up. And it was always a thing that we all we all focused on this person as they walked in, observed how many they ate, they piled on their plate, and watched them as they put every slice into their mouth because because they would just shovel these things down. But to your point, um, people do have less there's less of a social stigma or less like prohibition or, or people that have less of a throttle um, eating three, four slices of pizza. It's, it's really an incredible thing. Yeah. And I have a theory about this. I think it's because it's so easy to get up and get the pizza and get back down where the taco, you got to make it up there. So people, I mean, you have to stand up there and like, okay, I, I, I add this, I add that, I add whatever. So it's more likely that you're going to feel like a social stigma, like maybe I'm eating too much or I'm eating more than my fill considering how much we ordered. But man, I've had meetings where like I've ordered like a lot of pizza and it goes. And we always feel bad because there's always like one girl in the back who was checking email and is like, oh shit, now I have like one slice of meat lovers and that's it. Uh, and I will tell the story, we're talking about like uh, forecasting eating pizza. So... Uh, I believe it was a New Year's ago, so it wasn't this last one where we did all the podcasts. It was the one before. Um, you guys all kind of came over, uh, I think it was a couple of days before New Year's, uh, to the house, and it was kind of not planned. We ran out of water. That was the infamous, <laughs> we ran out of water situation. And we went and got pizza that night because we weren't ready for you guys. We didn't have anything to cook. And I, I counted. There were 13 people in the house. We got eight pizzas. And about 30 minutes into the pizzas coming in the house, I had to pull some pizza aside for my dinner because it was going. I'm like, you guys cleared eight pizzas. Yeah. I, I thought you were you were gonna give me crap about uh, and and I feel like this is more your wife than than you. But um, after we podcasted and I drank uh, more, way more of that French whiskey that that Spencer. Uh, is probably the bane of his existence and I should have. And she was just like, wait, how much pizza did you just eat? 
that that was like fifteen minutes. And that was like half a pie. Like, what are you doing? And and I I feel bad because at the time I was impressively drunk because I had essentially you know half a I bottle of T one. Um, and it was just like I I don't know. I I just had pizza. Like I don't. That's I don't not my memory. No, that's not my memory. My memory is she called out the number of pizzas uh, pieces that you ate. And you challenged it and said it was like four or something. And everyone in the room looked at you like you were like had three heads. Okay. Like, well, no, that's BJ, possible. we've just been sitting here you, watching you shovel three quarters of a pizza into your mouth. You just said you had like two or three pieces or whatever. That's very possible. I, as I said, you know, I had way too much whiskey at that point. Um, so I guess I, I kind of want to poll uh, everybody here because I actually don't know this about any of you. Um, I know a lot of people that won't eat the crust of their pizza. And I feel like that's sacrilegious. And, and just like, why are you doing that? Well, first of all, why are you wasting food? And it's kind of like eating the uh, the fish of, of nigiri and just like leaving the rice and just like, you're a bad person. But uh, do, do you guys eat your crust or do you, do you leave uh, pizza bones? I'm going to let the other guys go first. I got a hot take here. Spencer? <laughs> I will save them for last so that I can eat them at my leisure afterwards, but I will definitely eat the, the crust. They're fun to gnaw on as like we're watching a movie or something after I've already eaten. So, so I actually, I have a, a, a follow-up <laughs> question for you, and, and this probably goes for, for uh, well, uh, so, some others here. So do you save the part that you enjoy for last, or do you eat the part that you like first? So I'm going to just jump in here, uh, BJ. Ooh, question with a question. Let's let's focus on that answer, Spencer. That's a serial killer thing to say. <laughs> so weird. I'm going to gnaw on it later, Spencer. You're being extremely weird right now. I don't understand anything that's going on in this world. Afterwards, huh? when you turn all the lights off, I'm going to gnaw on it while I watch a movie. What? <laughs> well, it, it's good for his teeth. You know, he has to get the plaque off, so he has something hard that he like just sits and gnaws on, and and you know it 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 makes sure like you know that that it maintains the his his tooth health, and you know the the, the vet that he goes to says that it's you know good for him. <laughs> it's different consistency than the pizza. It's it's fun to eat, like you know. It, it reminds me of just various other kinds of snack foods. It's almost like chewing on a pretzel or something. I'm able to savor it and enjoy it in a different way than eating the pizza. Well, I feel like you're you're just making a hole. It feels like chewing. Did you eat it or did you like gnaw on them? What? Wait, wait, Levi. I eat it. It takes time. I feel like you're about to ask what normal people do. Yeah, Levi. He just got fussy about a soft pretzel. I'm I'm really struggling here. Yeah. This is he's round in the base of the Jewish food. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I wasn't going soft pretzel, but okay. <laughs> I said, I I've seen New York the other day. What? I have seen Spencer do this. He gets a plate of crust, and then as you sit around doing whatever, he'll just sit and kind of take a bite and then drop it. I continue the conversation or movie. I don't see a problem with this. I've been doing yeah, this for years. The way that you say things, Spencer, makes you seem like a serial, serial killer, in all honesty. Uh, I've not noticed it before the, before this call, but um, that is what it is. Um, <laughs> 11 years, and this call did it finally. 
Well, sometimes, like, you, you just go along with something because you're used to it, and then it crystallizes that, oh, my God, my friend's a serial killer. Like, I, I didn't realize that before. Well, it's a thing. All right. I anyway, mean, but he's our serial killer. Yeah. Exactly. I appreciate Levi, the endorsement. I, Levi, I think BJ had two questions there, right? Like, he had, do you eat the crust? And then, two, do you eat the thing you like first or the thing you like last? Yeah, I mean, so uh, in terms of whether I eat the crust, um, I would say terrible answer. Of it depends on the crust, right? If, if it's good pizza, um, it's like we've sort of recently become become a fan of like making pizza at home, and we got a pizza stone makes pretty darn good crust for stuff you make at home. Um, I'm down with that, but the sort of super doughy thing that you typically get from most shops, that's it's terrible. I, don't, I I I have no interest eating that um so like good traditional pizza uh yes standard american fare no so dominoes dominoes i get thin crust so that's I, pretty good i was gonna say I, I i don't know what that answer means that means there's not much of a crust to begin with okay uh, Fair so enough. yeah it, sure um but it's not much of a crust Terry, what about you? Uh, well, unlike BJ, I don't live in a gym, so uh, I try to cut the carbs when I can. Uh, so I can tell you that I know crust is good, but this is a chance for me to, like, you know, skip a leg day or something. So, yeah, no, I've cut all crust for all pizzas across my life. I, I never have crust. Even uh, cauliflower pizza? You know... I'm not a huge fan of that. We made it a few <laughs> times. Uh, I, I find it to be pretty uh, pretty moist. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if I have cauliflower pizza, sure, maybe. But no, it's a it's a thing I've cut. If I'm having pizza, it's a it's kind of a treat for me, and I I have the pizza, I throw the crust away. Now I'll tell you this: the thing that really disgusts me, and I've seen people do this, and a lot of people in my family actually do this. They save the crust, and then they pull out the little container of ranch, and then they start dipping the crust oh. in the ranch. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh oh, the garlic butter. Oh my god, that just disgusts me so much when people just like in like, what they're eating and the. I, I totally enjoy doing that. Spencer, I could just see you like pouring our all the garlic butter that you get from like whatever. I don't remember which uh, pizza company has it. Just like putting it all together and just like sipping on it, like while you. Eat the pizza. <laughs> you're talking about you're talking no. about the Papa John's garlic. Papa oil. John's. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is Papa Jones. I happily opened one of those and dunked my crust in it while gnawing on them during a movie. Gnawing on them during like a fine beverage? No. Levi, uh, Levi, I'm so, I'm cracking up here. He has so, like Spencer. Did you ever kill a guy gnawing on a pizza crust while watching a movie? Because you keep bringing up the same scene. From <laughs> the scenario, which is always uh, watching a movie. In terms of tying back to our previous conversation, um, possibly the worst food to eat cold or to approach cold is the Papa John's uh, garlic uh, oil or whatever, or slightly butter situation. Well, why would you even do that? That's, ah. Uh, no, but I, he's right. It, that literally is the worst stuff to have cold. Um, you look at it, it looks congealed and disgusting. It's basically it, a solid by that point. It was disgusting to begin with, but afterwards, like when it's cold, it looks hideous. Um, it, it is abysmal what that is. I, I assume it's some sort of butter... Mixed with oil, probably cut cost. 
um, with a little bit of garlic. Clarified butter, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to throw out another thing that really sucks to eat cold that I don't want to see in a break room, and this is apart from Spencer's uh, chicken and tuna salad sandwiches, is veggie wraps. Mm. Veggie wraps cold are a no-go. Fair point. Fair enough. So one of the things that, that I, I had posited was that people with siblings are more often the eat the things that they enjoy the most first and then like finish whatever their meal is and then uh people that, that don't have siblings like like myself like will save what they enjoy for the the most for for the end of, like towards the end of their meal because it was never an issue like you know whatever was put out like it, it like you weren't competing i guess like i i don't even know what the reasoning is but wait a second it's your theory it's my theory i don't know what the i don't know what the reasoning behind it is because it's something that I've observed of. Uh, okay. You don't know why they do it. I got you. Okay. I, you know, I have like, you know, speculation, but I, I, I don't know why, but it, this seems to be a common thread. So we were talking about data analysis and, you know, I'm, I have a, a hypothesis, but I don't know whether it's true or not. So I always say the things that I enjoy the most for the end of the meal. And so like, you know, if I'm eating a steak, I'll have I'll, I'll find like a bite that I think will be the best and save that for the last. Or you know, uh, you know, whatever it is in the meal, like or a sandwich, like I'll 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 bite it down to like what I think is going to be the best bite for the last. Which I you know I'm gotcha. sure Lee uh, Lee will give me shit for because you know that's a little weird. But you know I'll no. save the the most enjoyable thing for the end of the meal. No, I, I totally get that. I'm not going to give you shit for it. I actually do it because I have this theory that if I eat the things that I don't like on the plate or at least don't like as much on the plate first, I'm probably going to eat less because you fill up on something you, you're not crazy about. And then by the time – then you can actually kind of feel when you're full as opposed to just like jumping into something that you really like and overeating. So that's my theory on it. Um, Spencer. Uh, for me, it's entirely force of habit. I would just develop certain habits and routines with respect to certain foods, and I just stick to those. Like for foods like so. So when you clean off the knife that you've cut off the body that you've just murdered, do you do you lick the gnaws on first, pizza or, crust, or, or do you go to like the handle first, or or do you like wipe it off with a crust that you've saved? As I said, you guys are not part of that particular friend group, so I'm afraid you just don't have that knowledge. Oh, fair enough. Uh, nice callback, Spencer. That's right. I mean, for example, for like pizza, I, I, I enjoy the crust over time, but I actually prefer the, the main part of the pizza more. And so I'll eat that first. But for like cake, I love the edges of the cake where all the frosting and everything else is. But I'll eat that last just because it's just a force of habit that I've developed. So I don't think there's any particular rhyme or reason. It's just whatever routine I set when I was growing up, I've just stuck with since. You are adorable. <laughs> An adorable so, serial killer. I wait, love the comparison. Spencer, how many foods do you have different routines for? Pick pick a food and I'll describe it for you. Ooh. Kiwis. <laughs> I don't like them. Howu would not like you at all. I know he wouldn't. Howu. Uh, is there a different way to eat sushi? You just kind of. Yeah, like BJ, can I jump in here? You you made a comparison earlier that's offensive. You said not eating the pizza crust is like eating just the nigiri and not the rice of sushi. That's like a crazy. No, what it would be like is eating the cheese and not the crust. 
like you know the the underlying crust yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. the pizza. Like I mean, it, it, that, you're still taking a bite the way that it was prepared, right? When it's supposed to be eaten. You're just not having the outer crust. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Boom. Uh, so, Spencer, what, what what other habits? Like I I can just like start naming foods, but I feel like that's the worst radio possible. Like I feel like you know the thing. We're already that you, there. That 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 you we have. We live in that state of radio. Like, like, are there fruits that you, like, do weird things to, or, or I, I, I don't know. It's, you know, it's hard for me necessarily to say. I just have a routine that I keep. It was just two that came to mind. You, you mentioned steak. I mean, steak is an example of where I'll purposely go to the area that I necessarily like the least and go from there so I can have the best bite of the last bit of steak. Okay. The opposite of eating. All right. Well, I think we hit that one. Um, Levi. Well, what, Levi. Levi hasn't talked in like 20 minutes. Um, I said this bro. a text thing. Bro, yeah, what? Yeah, Levi, are you still with us or do we need to move on? I am here, so but we can move on because this, this segment <laughs> is getting really un, uninteresting to me. Completely agree. Let's do one more and then let's go. We've, we've, we've been on for a while. Um, I want to talk about... <clears throat> Uh, an embarrassing show, like not embarrassing, but like a show that you watch, TV show that you watch, that people wouldn't expect that you watch it, but that nonetheless you would recommend. I feel like everybody got one of these. Like it's like an HGTV or Food Network or something show where you're like, oh man, I can't believe like Spencer watches that. But Spencer, you would, you know, stand by it and say, no, it's actually a good show. You guys should I, watch it. I'm going to go first to take the, take the obvious answer. Great break, Bake Off. Uh, Woo! We took the leader off the board. That was the Zion Williamson number one pick. Yes, it was. I wanted to go first because that's the obvious answer. Uh, It's just very sweet. It's very uplifting. I mean, that's the sort of standard answer everyone gives. Um, And I—that's not my personality. I'd prefer to watch documentaries on bad things that happen in the world. Um, But and then afterwards, people have to eat pizza crust and yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, (laughs) But that's the obvious answer. Can't get over that. (laughs) So BJ, what about you? I, I feel like you're coming to me way too quickly. Um, I, I don't I, even know. I got one. Be... Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I got one. Uh, th- so uh, I don't know if you guys know of the channel, the CW. Sure. <laughs> this is a channel that the, the kids like. Uh, it's clearly meant for like uh, late teenage, early 20s programming. And there's a show on there called, there's a show on there called Riverdale. It's loosely based on the Archie comics, uh, and I love it. I watch it every week. It comes out on Wednesday. Uh, I watch it on a, a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I, like, I, I can't judge you for it. Like, I don't know anything about it. I, I mean, it's I can just, just like, like, I can shit like, on you just because, like, I can because, like, you're a person and, and I can just, like, make fun of you, but, like, I... I that gives me no information. Okay, well, let me explain a little bit about what the show is, and then we can move on because you guys haven't seen it. But it's first off, if you're going to make fun of me, it should be for turning the channel to the CW ever because that's a ridiculous network, obviously. Uh, but I guess I assume is, that you consume it on on like a, a uh, streaming basis, not well. I okay, do, but, it, but that's okay. It's yeah. a figure of speech. Um, so it's it's loosely based around the Archie comics. You have Archie, Veronica, Jughead. Uh, these characters that like were established like in like 50s or whatever, but they've modernized it. But they still keep this weird sense of like 
60s, 70s America. So like while they're playing on their iPhones and they're messing with, you know, the iPads or the Internet or whatever, things that will, will let you know that this is like a modern story, they still go and have like a burger and shakes uh, at like the diner at night, right? So it still is a little bit of a callback from when those characters were created. And as far as the plot, it's like completely, like it's just over the top ridiculous. Uh, And it's to the point that like you watch an episode and then the next week, you don't remember what happened because like 18 plot points like popped off. Like it, it just goes so fast, but you can catch up in like five or 10 minutes and you can get back into it. So Riverdale on the CW. So I I know I'm going to get quite a lot of shit for this. Um, I actually don't know what the uh, line's going to be, but I like So You Think You Dance. And I just the performances are, are, are interesting. And the, I guess, the athleticism. And I, like, I don't know why I like it. And I, I dislike, you know, the whole, like, vote for your favorites and crap like that. But as a show, I, I think that it's interesting and it's fun. Well, that's that's the type of answer I was looking for. Uh, Spencer, do you watch television? <laughs> I watch some television, yes. Uh, I think the example for me would be just like something that if I told a coworker I was watching it, they would regard me differently. Uh, I've got an account on Crunchyroll. I watch um, some Japanese animation that comes out or streams each season. And Bridget and I are watching an, a Japanese anime called That Time you, I Was Reincarnated as a Slime. The title alone just gives gives people automatically an impression of what to judge about the show, but it is well. So it's got a it's got a well-paced story. It's heartwarming, and tells a uh, well-paced out tale and uh, character development. So I would say it's in general this: if you tell somebody that you enjoy watching Japanese anime, they immediately assume you're watching porn. Okay, wait. Yep, that's what I did. So, okay, yeah. well, well, that that's fair enough. But <laughs> how how many coworkers? Do you have that actually would be surprised by this? I mean, most my co. It's fun to see the transition of when, like, I say, a show starts to become popular enough that a coworker won't judge you for it. Like, I saw Game of Thrones make that transition like season three. Before I mentioned people before I was watching it, I immediately had certain people that just like kind of shied away and changed the conversation. Um, but yeah, I, got, I still I get that. By the way, Spencer, I still get it when I talk about like Game of Thrones. Or saying, I even tell people around the office now that we have a Game of Thrones podcast, and a lot of folks look at me like I'm watching softcore porn. Like yeah. it has it, with folks who haven't seen it. A lot of folks think it's like, oh well, he's just watching a lot of tits and dragons. But most most of the conversations you have with I tend to have with coworkers are, what are you watching on television? What you do over the weekend? And so you share what shows you're watching. And there's just certain ones that I just know that okay. No point going into this. They'll find it awkward. Like, I've been reincarnated as a slime? That's an example, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's probably a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Levi wins this segment because the Great British Bake Off is, is incredible. Uh, but it's something that, like, I think a lot of people watch and they – you know what, Levi, it reminds me of Downton Abbey. Remember when me and you got into Downton Abbey and it's like if people had just met us and talked to us, they would have no – conception that we would care about like if mary got with matthew in season two but we were like locked in that's okay, a very so very fair comparison in in reference to the the great british bake-off have you watched the uh early seasons you mean the ones before they hit netflix uh so they're actually 
there Netflix has the uh, Great Bridge Bake Off beginnings, and and it's it's not as smooth or as clean, and it's a little bit rougher. And I'm curious how you feel about that as a TV show compared to the newer, more Americanized versions. I haven't seen it, but is Mary Berry on it? Uh, yes, Mary Berry. Yeah, I like it. So, so do you, do you <laughs> like Mary Mary Berry better than her replacement? Yeah, although I do like her replacement a lot, but it's not fair. I mean, it's it's like, Mary Berry. Like what can it's you like say? Comparing like a president like Lincoln. Like, give me a break. Like it's Mary Berry, she's incredible. Yeah. So if she's in it. I know I would like it. Gotcha. Levi, have you seen those? Uh, I've piecemeal watched uh, the first series, I guess they call it. Um, and the primary reason why why I paid any attention um, was because one of my girlfriend's best friend's brother dated the winner, um, and that is not clear. It's not clear watching the season who the winner is. So I'm so keenly watching, saying, "Is That's it true. a guy? Is it a girl?" <laughs> I don't. That's know. That's your first concern. <laughs> I'm just trying to trying to figure out who who it is, and 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 given that the information that is presented is um, possibly bisexual, you'd say, "Oh my God, the field's open. I can't narrow it down by gender. I can't say who's the strongest man, who's the strongest woman." All right. So uh, your gender comments aside, uh, I have had this conversation with my wife when I watched that show. Like. We don't watch it in real time because I think it comes on, not, not in real time, but like the first time anybody sees it is in the UK, and then yeah, eventually yeah. it gets over here. Um, and I want to bet on that show so bad. Like I want my local <laughs> sports book. I mean, because it's so all over the place. Like, I mean, somebody – like it, it, it's Game of thrones S Spencer. Like one week, some guy's like King Rob, and he's, he's capturing Jamie Lannister. The next, he's getting beheaded. Like it's a, it's a cutthroat show, as nice as it is. So I want to bet on that show. So uh, what do you think the spreads would be on, like, Star Baker versus, uh, you know, winning any given challenge? And, and you know, do, do does winning the, like, first and second challenge, like, really give you a good bias for Star Baker? Or, of course. You know, all right. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, like, that the um, – so Star Baker would be a tough one, but, like – there's basically there's two segments. Levi, tell me if I'm I'm misspeaking. But one is like the sort of like pre-planned like showcase of like do something big, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the second one I believe is like the sort of skills challenge. It's like hey, we're just throwing gingerbread at you, or it's bread week, or whatever. I feel like the first one you like it would be easier to plan because you know the strengths of the baker and you're like, okay, well, I, I know that this person is really good at creating like a big fucking gingerbread castle or whatever, but the skills challenge I feel like would be a lot more difficult. Yeah. Well, so there are three segments. There's the, like the first one, uh, which is like, a, here's a, a challenge for everybody. The second one is the, uh, all right, here's a recipe that you've never seen before that's pared down and you have to bake. And then the third one is just like, wow us with something super impressive. And they get sort of increasing amounts of time for those. Okay, yeah. So um, the one you're talking about is the third one, I think. Yeah. yeah um, that I, that I, was, I was referencing before. It's the one where they make the okay, really big yeah. showy things. Yeah. So the other thing that I really like about that show is I don't like baking at all. 
And I guess I so I I know Lee, you like to cook as well, and the sense that I've gotten is a lot of people what. Not bake. I'm with right. you. Right. Okay. That that well, that was the answer that I was going to look for. Is I feel like a lot of people that like to cook dislike baking, and people that really like baking don't really like cooking because, and again, a theory that there is a lot of uh, with cooking, it it's not exact. It's not. A, well, I, I will put in quotes the science, which is sort of funny because I guess I, I'm a I'm a scientist and and I can't stand baking because it's it's exact. Well, for two reasons: one, it makes a mess everywhere, like essentially no matter what you do, and it's more like you are very confined in what you do, and and so you already answered it, which I guess spoils my question: is like how do you feel about baking compared to cooking? Yeah, same exact thing. That I, I like to cook on feel. I don't. I don't cook by recipes. I, I read a recipe, but then I just kind of go, um, which I don't know if that's that's right or not. But yeah, but I think that's the beauty of the show, and this is something that uh, you know probably why Levi brought it up is you don't have to be a baker. You don't have to. I mean, you don't really. You can just be anybody and like that damn show. It's it's really well done. So Spencer, mm. do you prefer baking or cooking? I have used most of this conversation as an excuse to get more drunk, but. Uh... Between the two, I think cooking has more options. Baking for me is just such a regimented process that doesn't seem to have as much um, variety to it. And baking for me has always just been reading a particular recipe and following it to the T, or as cooking it feels like there's a little bit more ingenuity that can be brought to bear. So, so Lee, I guess uh, speaking about your earlier point of like things about that you're excited about in the break room, uh, one of the things that I've subjected the uh, – the lab that I'm in and, and the lab that we actually share a break room space with is I'll just bake shit and without a recipe. And it's like, yeah, this seems like a batter that'll bake up. Well, I'll see what happens. And without fail, like I, I can put it in the break room and people eat it. And oh yeah. Like, people I, eat any pastry, oh, any, yeah. anything. Yeah. Anything yeah. People eat, eat absolutely anything. And so it, anything in the break room. So honestly, like that has made me like baking way more than anything else has because I can do whatever I want. I I can just be like, yeah, I'll add some bourbon to this and some uh, cardamom because a banana bread clearly should have bourbon and cardamom in it because why the fuck not? And I'll get some. Well, yeah, a lot of this shit is like Mad Libs. Like there's there's a set of like things you can put in like cookies, cakes, pies, whatever. Bourbon's one, cardamom's one, right? Like yeah. pecans are one. Yeah. And, and so, like, sometimes I'll get feedback, but I feel like that's much more freeing. And, and then I appreciate the, well, the art form a little bit more rather than, like, okay, I have to follow uh, a recipe. Right. Levi. Okay, well, Levi won that segment. Levi, are, are you asleep? Have you uh, started working? He, he He's uh, working on the pizza that he's going to make for uh, him and... Sam, Sam. I'm still here. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly paying, paying attention to what you guys are talking about. I think, okay, we've lost Levi. I think we may have lost the audience at that point. Guys, I, this was fun. Uh, I enjoyed doing it, even though it was not on a weekend. Anything else you want to cover before we sign off? No, I think uh, there's a wide array of topics this episode. Spencer, have you finished your whiskeys? Uh, no, I am... Um, Probably not going to drink one, and I'm going to save the other one for later. 
Uh, so the one that you're not going to drink. That would be the breaker. Yeah. I mean, chugging is not really drinking. As is foisting on a friend at a later date. <laughs> All right, Spencer. Well, we will foist that on you at a later date in your words. Thanks, everybody, for hanging in there with us. This is another episode of Whiskey on the Weekend. You can check out all of our pods at www.mangletalks.com. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. See you.